Welcome to The Breadwinners. We're back for season five and taking your questions about work, life, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Owens. I served as editorial director of Working Mother Media and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm Rahel Ellison. I'm an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. There's nothing we like more than talking about work-life strategies, but we know that in the real world, such questions can be very personal and a little prickly. In this season of The Breadwinners, we tackle them all. So this week, we're surprising Raquel with a question that I have heard, and so this is what we're talking about now that we're back on the mic. Are you ready, Raquel? As ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, as we know, likes to just throw those. I just like to throw it. I mean, if you don't come prepared with your mitt, man, then, you know, that's not on me. Fair. Fair. Let's see if I do. (laughs) Is it fair? That's kind of sad. Okay. Here's the question. I need a new job, but there are many things about my current role that I fear will be hard to replicate like a flexible schedule, knowing the inside track of how to get things done, knowing the job like the back of my hand. But on the flip side, I'm bored. I'm feeling unfulfilled and worried that I've gotten too good at this one job. What should I do? Hmm. Well, I like this question. So interesting pieces of it. I mean, I think as a coach, what I might ask is tell me what parts of it you really like about it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think, how does this play to your strengths, Um, particularly as you're looking for a new job? You want to be thinking about what is it that you're really appreciating and what is it that it's making? Oh, yeah. Right. Because it's hard to say. Here's where you go if we don't have that. Right. Just so so you can work from home on Friday or. Go right, into the office, but right. you know, like that's that's not going to define the work that makes you happy. I mean, I also think there's a lot of other questions. So, so granted, we're doing these open questions, and we want to we want to explore what we can, right? But I I think that being able to identify what you're really good at, how are you killing it in this job, and and what do you want to replicate somewhere else? Yeah, you know, because it could be as Simple as like, I want to work in nonprofits and I've been working in corporate or vice versa. And, you know, I want to try a different context Mm -hmm. for where I'm working. I think it's also helpful to know, I guess this is what coaching is. We just like ask more questions, but (laughs) what is, you said, you know, the ins and outs, right? And you know your way around. Within an organization is that, do you have external clients, right? Are you working with like a network beyond the organization itself or is it all within the organization? And then, you know, those take a a while to, to build up. So thinking about what kind of network do you need to build next? Do you want to build next? Mm -hmm. And how you might do that in terms of the flexibility, you know, what I obviously would have said in 2018 versus what I'm saying now, I think is very different. Yeah. I really think that whether or not your company has the flexibility policy that 
you would like to see in other companies, right? Whether or not you're, the new companies you're looking at have it articulated the same way. I think there is something that folks, I hear that folks are trying to do as they're looking for jobs right now, which is really to get a sense of like, how serious is this company about this? About this, right? It's it's really a, not a red flag, but it's a flag to culture to sense how serious they are about this stuff. It is. Also, I think, you know, when you're interviewing for a job, and this is something I'm also hearing is, is when a manager doesn't know how to explain what the culture of an organization is, when they're not talking about the physical place. Yeah. It's a red flag, right? So they should be able to talk about the culture that does not. Clearly, confidently, right? So I was talking to someone about how they're going to create a sense of belonging. And they were talking about in-office convenings, right? How to get folks together um, in office and then the next sentence was, you know, we're even going to do some remote convenings. And I said, we are now in a digital first culture, yeah. meaning this is something that comes from the Future Forum book, um, How the Future Works. And they talk about, we're not talking about digital first, like everybody's got to be online all the time, but your company needs to accept digital first as a concept in that we used to use email and chat and whatever sort of ancillary tools Mm -hmm. for us to be able to navigate communication in a dispersed environment of any kind, right? What we're... Digital first doesn't mean everybody's working from home. Digital first means, no, we're actually not saying it's ancillary anymore. It is fundamental to who we are as an organization that we work on, develop, you know, yeah, meanings that are online, right? And, and that are digital. And if we are not, if the company that you want to work in is not able to do that, it would give me pause. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody's figuring out how to do it. I don't think it's like, oh, if they haven't figured it out. Like they don't know. But I think it's important for them to at least be thinking about what does our online culture look like, particularly if they're really going to seriously hire folks who are not in the office all the time. It can't just be an afterthought that, right. you know, that they're going to create this culture. You know, the, the company that I was speaking to that I was just mentioning, they are hiring people remotely. <laughs> so yeah. It's not like. Yeah. Why would you, why would hybrid, you know, and streaming these convenings even be a, th- maybe we'll do some. Right. When you always have remote people now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think part of this also comes from when you've been at a job a long time. And you've come to know who who you can trust, who you can't trust, who actually, despite their title, actually holds the power, how you get around stuff to get stuff done. And it can take up a lot of brain space that you know, you can get really good at this one culture to get stuff done. And I think that you can have the moment where you're like, wait, am I too good? But only at this one culture? <laughs> like, I, you know, especially when it's... And I'm sure every workplace is 
dysfunctional. I don't know. You always think every place you've worked is dysfunctional, but each one has their own particular flavor. And there have been times when I've been in jobs where I think, ooh, I'm just really good at this one place. I wonder if these skills will translate. Well, that, I mean, I, you know, I've definitely worked with organizations like that. And I think, you know, there are some organizations where that are so big that it kind of feels like that's. Yeah. Like it's own universe. Yeah. And you have to, you know, it's not necessary to change environments. Yeah. And if you feel, you know, I think that it's, I've been reading all this engagement data, you know, what does it look like? for folks to feel included in a culture. And I think you really have to ask yourself if you're going to think about whether or not to stay or go. And if you're feeling bored, do you feel like part of that culture? Do you feel like, does that, do you have, you know, the Gallup has questions of like, do you have a best friend at work? All of that matters to your engagement. So I think thinking about, do you feel like this is a home for you. And then if you did, I think that's huge, right? It's really hard to recreate that, which is not to say that it's impossible, but, mm-hmm. but you know, if you feel at home in a place and you feel like you belong and you have a great network and you're bored. Then what's, just, what's missing? What's actually right? missing? I mean, Could you what, do it there? Yeah. I actually think, you could do so much to make innovation happen. Hopefully, right? You like you could innovate on your job. That's what I right. would that you could say, I'm very valuable to you as an organization. How can we envision this going differently? Well, and, and I would say that I remember a million years ago since my daughter's now in college, but when my first job looking for jobs after I had become a mother and in publishing back when print publishing was a thing, I am that old. I went around and I was trying to go from trade magazines, you know, like B2B into consumer because I thought it was more glamour and whatever. And I went to one job interview. Woman had no idea what my background, my personal needs were and just just went on a whole rant about people who needed to go home early because uh-huh. that at the, especially at the time I don't know I've kind of moved out of traditional publishing but it was a real like thing where everyone stayed late to close pages and you know and it's like sheesh I need to get to pick up I'm two right. parent family yay but both are working parents we you know I can't I'm going to have to leave at some point. And she went on and on and on in this interview. And I really thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to get a job because Mm. my one job that I had, I had had a kid in it and like had kind of negotiated, (laughs) negotiated that I could pick up my kid three days a week. You know, I would leave at 4.30 to go get Sweetie Girl. So I was very fearful of like, oh my God, this would never happen. And I'm here to tell you, I've had so many jobs since then. I don't want to say how many jobs I've had. I mean, I can't even count, but I've had a lot of jobs and then and, and have been able, it, there are jobs for you out there. So. Yeah. No, I get that. I get but you that. definitely should think about these things that you want, you know, because everything's a trade-off, right? Yeah. Like pay is great, but the benefits could suck. You know, always look at the whole compensation package. 
but of like benefits and retirement and all that sort of jazz. But part of your compensation is you being able to run the rest of your life too. Yeah. And I don't think it's crazy. You know, these places that can't deal with us as complicated people don't deserve to have us. Oh, I'm getting fired up now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I mean, it's interesting that I was just looking at some data that I think is really, you know, specific to certain populations, certain demographics. And it has implications across all employees, which is, you know, that people who feel that they have been disadvantaged in the workplace are discriminated against in some way actually have found you know remote work environments to be more comfortable really yeah there's like a significant amount of data to back this up and and i think the stat i've got to find it but the stat was that I think it was now I don't want to misquote, but like yeah. we're talking about a not like when one of these groups was asked of what in one study I think that the Future Forum did also they've been really on top of things. You know they were asked how do you want to come back to the office and yeah. I, there was like three <laughs> percent like. Three percent of people want to go back to that is interesting, huh? But I think beyond the stat that I'm obviously not getting right, what I think is interesting is that we bear with me. But I think this question that keeps coming up for me is around hyper visibility and invisibility, and like we think about what did we know about each other when we were in the office together? What did we know about how we felt and about each other's lives? I knew that one guy was trimming his toenails in his cubicle. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's that guy. But, you know, we, we've we seen kind of our lives in a, in a very revealing way. And I think we've also been able to kind of open up. It's kind of given us some safety from like these very, gr- like, clumsy conversations where like everybody's kind of like sees each other's lives sees um there's a concept called johari window where you like reveal more of yourself like we've revealed more of ourselves to each other and i think as a result even if we're not in the same space just some of the things that i think we would have said that to each other without thinking because we were sort of just in our normal patterns we've we've come to question and think about kind of much more carefully i don't know if that yeah if that makes sense but i think when i look at that data that's what it says to me yeah well and i think the um when it comes to coming around to the idea of like i think it might be time for a change that (laughs) i'm always the advocate for going on two tracks the couldn't you make it better here? Like, have you actually done all the work, like having the conversation with your boss about, you know, well, to back it up, what do you want? What is it? You know, is it managing a team and you, you're not, you know, you don't have that or you'd like to move to a different, you know, whatever it is, you have to know what you want first because yeah. work is never going to ask you what you want. You're going to have right. to tell it. Yeah. 
you know, go on that track, go on that journey, you know, while you still have a, a paycheck. And then, yeah, start the second track and see what the market will bear and see, have these weird conversations and get freaked out when you talk to the weird woman who things did not go well for that woman, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's off the mic gossip. We'll have to have an event and I'll tell you those stories. But, you know, have those weird conversations, put them in context, you know, like, ooh, everybody's kind of weird on this point. This is not going to happen. Just get to a sense of what the market is out there. And yeah, do two tracks, I think. Yeah, I think think that makes sense. I don't think, because really, no one will. (laughs) I feel like when you're younger, am I being too um, downer? But I feel like when you're younger, you might hit upon someone. Though it it happened when I was older, someone who actually kind of brought me along and kind of lifted me up and saw something in me, saw my potential and, and helped me move ahead. But I've only had that one or two times, you know, like other than that, I've had to go make it happen. And some of that making it happen was it ain't happening here. So I'm going to, you know, what, what I need, which was a lot clearer when I was younger, the jobs were like each level was more defined and I didn't have, my life was very uncomplicated. I had two cats. That was it. You know, in fact, I wrote a song called I Have Two Cats. <laughs> Maybe we'll put that in the feed someday. Yeah, that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> One of my hits, man. One of my hits. So, all right. I think, I mean, is that what we're land? We're, you know, we're totally talking about the fact that it's not an uncommon feeling. To feel bored, to feel unseen, to feel unhappy. Yeah, I think it's really common. I think it's really common now. I think, you know, tis the season of years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my like- personal thing is I'm having a hard time remembering how to have fun. Yeah, it seems silly to say it, but I really do. Like, you know, when you remember back to like, remember when you just had all this free time in your twenties? And yes, we're parents now, and we're all that sort of jazz. But like, what did I do with all that time? And I'm like, can I do stuff again? Because I kind of don't. So I think that it makes you happier too. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I think also like it's interesting venturing out and like thinking because I think even though like there are things that we used to like to do before the pandemic, I think some of us anyway, me, uh, I'm still just kind of figuring out like, do I like to do now? Right. Um, I think my, you know, circumstances in some ways unique, but in other ways, you know, I think it's kind of cool to, to try on new ways of having fun. I think that's what we're actually, that's what I've been encouraging companies to do is like, when we think about fun, we've had these very traditional ways of thinking about fun in the workplace, fun not in the workplace. And we need to, we're in a new dawn. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it differently. And sometimes being bored is exactly what I want. Exactly. So this person, this listener who is looking for some answers, let's sum up what we, we think, the yeah. questions that we think they need to ask themselves and what some might, some next steps might be. So we talked about, we can both chime in here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to hear what your next steps are before I, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think really got to ask yourself, what do you like about your job in terms of what you do? 
and your yeah. individual uh, performance. You know, what are you working on that excites you? Because even if you're bored, there might be parts of your job. Mm, yep. You're still liking. It's not a monolith, your job. It's not. It's really not. Yeah. And then think about, you know, the network that you have at work that you mentioned. Do you feel at home there? Is that a place, you know, whether or not you're bored and you've been there for a long time, do you want to keep being there? Do you feel like that's where folks know you? Yeah. You know, is that a place that you that you want to be? I think in terms of, to your point, J.O., I think in terms of thinking about, you know, how to get more enjoyment out of things, I think. Yeah. Is it the top right? Yeah. You know, like that, is there a holistic look you should be thinking about for everything that's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think this question around flexibility, what's important to remember again is that things have changed. And I think a lot of places will be kind of mulling over flexibility if they don't have a policy that they can stand by long term. Because I do think that there, I, I say that not because people are just starting to think about flexibility, but because I think they're, it's a dynamic idea. It's evolving. Yeah. So companies right. are making different decisions all the time. But do they actually believe that there is value to being remote and having a digital environment that where folks can get together? And I think that's really important to assess having manager, being able to talk to a manager who can talk about the culture of the organization without talking about the office building is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just recognizing, like we said, it's just, it's a particular time yeah. in our world where folks are feeling a little bit uneasy and unsettled and wanting to figure out what's next. And yeah. Sure. That, you know, it's not a grass is always greener thing and you really mean it. And take some steps. Like, don't just wallow in it. Take some steps. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. Do you have a sticky work-life question for us? Send it our way at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com. We're here to help. And please take a moment to rate and review our show. It really helps. And of course, join us on Facebook or Instagram at The Breadwinners Podcast. And until next time, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.